Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Farzi Show. My name is Mark Farzetta. It's presented by Steven Singer of Steven Singer Jewelers. Hope you guys just had a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. That is until, um, let's see, around uh, 8.40, 8.45 last night, 9 o'clock, when Joel Embiid did not make a return to the basketball court in the second half of the 76ers Bulls game. Now, the Sixers were up 28 at halftime. And I didn't see Joel Embiid come out in the second half. And I went, oh, yo, you know what? This is my first thought. Because I am not. And I this is just, this is proof. This is evidence that I am not the guy that loses his mind when Joel Embiid may possibly be hurt. I know a lot of people still lose their mind every time he hits the floor. Oh, my God, he's hurt. Oh, my God, he's hurt. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not like that. I just, I, I, wildly talented. I focus on the optimistic part of it, which is that he is always fine and he's always going to get up and he's always going to be great. So in the second half, when the Sixers did not have Joel Embiid on the floor, when Doc Rivers did not start Joel Embiid in the second half, and Paul Reed, friend of the show, Paul Reed, started the second half at center for the Sixers, my first thought was, hey, the Sixers are up 28 points. You already have James Harden taking the night off. Well, let's go ahead and have Joel Embiid have the night off because you're up 28 points at the half, and it's the Bulls. I know the Bulls just beat you, but this is an anomaly. That was an anomaly. Not going to happen again. So my first thought was, they're up huge. How great is it that every once in a blue moon we can give Joel Embiid the, the fourth quarter off? He doesn't have to play in the fourth quarter because the Sixers are up so much, and the Sixers want to give him that time off. That's great. How about this? How about the whole second half off? How about the third quarter and fourth quarter off? This is great. Give the big, big give the big man a rest. You got a tough stretch here on the road coming up here. It's the home stretch of the regular season anyway. You're going to be starting the playoffs soon, and then give the guy some time off. And then, then them reporters, and then, then the, the reporters. Okay, and then Kate Scott as well on the old uh, the, the the old uh, the, the interweb. Start talking about the, the injury. Start talking about what's going on uh, with Joel Embiid. Uh, just, uh, they're not being specific yet. Uh, the Sixers were up by 28 points. That's why they gave him a rest. And I'm like, okay, fine. And then the reporters start doing a little bit more digging. And credit to Kate Scott, who did not speculate about what the injury could be. She's a professional. She tweeted out afterwards that some people are getting on her. Back off, people. 
Kate Scott was handling the business the proper way, by the way. So they start to leak out. The Sixers start to tell people that it's a cash, a mild calf strain with Joel Embiid. And that's just as a super precaution. They're going to keep him out for the rest of the game. Just tell us that from the get-go. Just tell us that from the get-go. Once I started to see the injury news then creep into the factor, uh, creep into uh, this, and that's what ultimately made the decision for the Sixers to not have Joel Embiid play in the second half. That's where I started to get a little bit concerned. Because, yes, the phrase, we can't have nice things, does enter my mind. The phrase, you know, phrases like that, that harp on the pessimism, start entering my mind. We have seen Joel Embiid play the best version of basketball he has ever played over the last month, two months of the season. I think we have seen him play his way into the MVP of the NBA. Caesars Sportsbook, uh, Parks Casino, they all have Joel Embiid now as the favorite. Last time I looked, it was minus 300 for Joel Embiid as the favorite to win the MVP award. But most importantly, he has an opportunity to play his team into the second seed in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. They've already clinched the playoff spot. No big deal there. No big shock there. But if he can possibly play his way and play this team in the second playoff seed in the Eastern Conference, then I think that all but guarantees the Sixers the opportunity to get out of the second round. Not the opportunity, but guarantees the Sixers to get out of the second round of the playoffs for the first time since Allen Iverson was playing for this team. That's what hurts the most about this now the Sixers here I'll show you the video John Clark put this out and shout out to uh John Piazza who uh, works for NBC Sports Philadelphia he's a phenomenal producer shows calf video editor that's not it scoozy here's the video they put out this is a 222 left in the first quarter Joel Embiid grabs his right leg and says I think I need to get out of here guys and they end up taking him out of the game Paul Reed enters the game at that point I'll show you again you see the spotlight on Joel Embiid Hobbled around a little bit, showing a little tenderness. Love the graphics on this, by the way. And then he goes off the court. Uh, good for the Sixers for being cautious about it right out of the gate. Good for the Sixers for getting out of there, checking them out. But then he did play the entire second quarter, which is why I thought it was very interesting that Doc Rivers said this after the game when he was asked about the calf injury. Shows calf. Not much. No, not at all, really. I think he'll be ready for next game. You know, we, it's just precaution. Uh, we had a lead, you know, um, felt like we could hold it. And, um, you know, whenever you hear calf, you just say, that's it. So I, I think he's just fine, Keith. I just, you know, really it was very mild. And we're about to go on a three-game, you know, we're on a road trip, about to go west on a long flight. We just thought it was the right thing to do. The flight four hours in the air makes you tighter. So we just felt like it was the right thing to do. Okay, great. It's the, fine. When did you hear calf? Wasn't it halftime? Because it wasn't like Joel Embiid played all the second quarter either. I mean, his numbers on the night, we'll get to that in a second, but, I mean, they weren't astronomical. I mean, it's still, still good for a guy who only played a half of basketball. But at one point, did you hear calf? I, I, I have to assume, based on that, that it was halftime. I mean, I assume maybe when he comes out in that first quarter, it doesn't come back into the game until the second quarter. I would have to assume at some point there was an evaluation that would have said, oh, yeah, he's got a calf injury. I think they would know that pretty quick, but apparently, according to Doc Rivers, they did not. So they weren't super extra special cautious with their MVP candidate. Um, so that, that had me a little concerned. I don't think the Sixers are going to do anything to put Joel Embiid in peril by any means, but I'm like, how fast do you know it's calf injury? If it's really, oh, calf injury, then he sits. 
then how long did it take to get that calf diagnosis, I guess? That's my question. So they did sit the entire second half. I did think, my first thought, 28 points. You're up 28 points. That's You went up 30 in this game. You're If you want to rest your big man, you rest your big man. So they got the... Uh, the Warriors coming up uh, tomorrow night, ten o'clock tip off uh, in uh, in uh, in, uh, in San Francisco. So that's what that's that's what's going on there. As for the rest of the team, now with Joel Embiid going out, his thirty point streak obviously ends, and we'll probably have to restart the streak or retitle the streak. You know, games he starts and finishes, Joel Embiid thirty points, right? Whatever. I had been telling you the safest bet you could make is that 30 points. <laughs> the over, if you can get him at 30 points, 30 and a half, uh, take the take the over. He'll, he'll get that. So uh, I had that last night. That didn't hit. I had Tobias Harris with a three. I had Maxi with 20-plus points. That hit. Uh, the Sixers winning as part of a parlay. But, of course, Joel Embiid, uh, the calf injury, didn't, didn't do it for me. But I digress. Everything else did it for me. Take a look at this. This is – I hate going by just the numbers here. But without James Harden, and without Joel Embiid for an entire half of basketball, the Sixers, and granted, yes, it's against the Bulls, who are a terrible team. I get it. I understand. But it's still good to see these numbers by everybody else. 20 from Tobias Harris. 21 from Tyrese Maxey. 25 from DeAnthony Melton, who hit four threes for you, as did Tyrese Maxey, mind you. That is a phenomenal thing to see how well the Sixers were able to spread that ball around. And you see Tobias Harris there, seven for, seven for eight from uh, the, the free throw line, three for five from beyond the arc, five for nine from the field. He was a plus 40 on the night. P.J. Tucker hit a three for you. George D.A. came off the bench and three threes for you. He had 11 points. Paul Reed came up with six points and four rebounds in his extra time out there. Not too shabby. This is this is what's interesting to me. For, and this goes back to Tobias Harris, a guy that I really do root for. And I know a lot of people aren't on the same page as me when it comes to Tobias Harris. They all focus on the contract. I focus on the player. The player's going to take what money he can get. And I don't fault anybody for that. You take that money. That's why when we talk about uh, Jalen Hurts and his potential contract, I'm like, don't you take a dime less, sir. You have earned it. Go get that money. Go get that bag, as the players like to say nowadays. But when it comes to Tobias Harris, I, in all honesty, feel like that type of player, that 20-point type of player, that three-point sniper type of player, that rebounder, nine rebounds, eight assists. There was points last night where Tobias Harris was running point for you last night. I honestly feel like this type of, of player lies in waiting for Tobias Harris in the 76ers. He lies in waiting for these types of opportunities where you're not going to have your big man. You're not going to have Joel Embiid. You're not going to have James Harden. You want to give those guys a night off. You want to be extra cautious with these guys. This brand of basketball from Tobias Harris, I think, can be tapped into on the regular. That's why earlier in the season when he didn't have James Harden, earlier in the season when he didn't have Joel Embiid a little bit, Tobias Harris rose to the occasion. He is a lot more talented basketball players than the, the he's a much more talented basketball player than what the numbers dictate in the lineup when you have Joel Embiid and you have James Harden. I think most people understand that. But when it comes to the contract, the fact that he doesn't put those numbers up on a nightly basis, oh, he's not worth the contract. Well, yes, you're prop yes, you're right. He's not. But when you have two bigger stars that are pretty damn ball dominant, by the way. It's not exactly easy to spread the ball around to everybody. 
Even Tyrese Maxey has his ebbs and flows. Now, he doesn't have the huge contract that Tobias Harris has, so he's not going to get as much uh, focus. He wasn't a high draft pick like Tobias Harris, uh, you know, has played to that uh, degree in his career. Tyrese Maxey's still making his way here in the NBA. But I honestly feel like that style of play, that production, lies in waiting for opportunities. We've seen it in the playoffs with Tobias Harris, even in their second-round exit against the Hawks a couple of years ago. He was playing at a very high level. And he and Tyrese Maxey at certain points in that series helped save the Sixers hide in that series. You can get that type of production on nights like this where he is going to have the ball in his hands more, where he is going to be more of a focal point of the offense. That type of player lies in waiting. The trick for Tobias Harris is how he is going to play when you do have James Harden and you do have Joel Embiid in the playoffs. And that's why I think that brand of basketball that he played, especially when he didn't have James Harden, where he was averaging you know, 15, 20 points a game. He was getting your rebounds. He was getting you assists. He was going to the lane, getting fouled, going to the line. He was playing like that. He was being aggressive. Use that buzzword again. You can get that similar style of play in those small increments in games where James Harden might not be available for as many minutes as he normally is, or Joel Embiid might not be available for as many minutes as he usually is. Or in, in, in instances where you have James Harden off the floor and you have Tobias Harris, play more of that point-forward type of position that he was playing last night in the early goings of this basketball game. That brand you can get from him on a nightly basis, but he has to be a focal point. And in an offense with Joel Embiid and an offense with James Harden, he's not going to be that, nor should he be. But if you can get him to play like that for certain possessions, be a guy the Sixers can lead on throughout the game, then you're going to see some great things happen with him and the Sixers team as the uh, regular season goes on. Uh, and wraps up, and then later gets into the playoffs, which I'm all, all excited about. Sixers right now are at a position, when you look at the rest of the standings, where they're still uh, fighting for their playoff positioning. Uh, the, uh, the Celtics were idle last night. So as of right now, the Sixers are a half game behind the Boston Celtics in the uh, Eastern Conference standings. Boston is at it uh, tomorrow night. They got the Indiana Pacers. That game is at home, 7 o'clock tip-off. Hopefully the Pacers can continue to be a thorn in some good teams' sides as the uh, the season goes on. Uh, one guy who wasn't really uh, put off by anything was uh, Tyrese Maxey. How about this fella? Uh, now, for the, people on the, for the people on the podcast, after the game... Tyrese Maxey, <laughs> he's got his feet in an ice tub. It looks like a Tupperware container just filled with ice water and ice, you know. He's got his knees iced. They're wrapped like he's a 40-year-old veteran. He, His knees look like Robert Parrish's knees, okay? How's that a pull for you, all right? His knees look like Robert Parrish's knees. The chief after the game. And um, to top it off, He's sitting there in his white uh, tank top. That's what I'll call it nowadays, okay? Sitting there in his white tank top at his locker, holding, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll refer to this as a ginormous bag of popcorn. Now I'll tell you this, okay? I love me some popcorn. I dream about getting a bag of popcorn like that and just sitting down and binging a show, watching a movie, whatever. And Tyrese Maxey is holding that like he just proposed to it. That's what he, that's what's happening. It's a giant, I would say, two-and-a-half-foot-long bag of popcorn. And Tyrese Maxey's just living his best life, folks. Living his best life. Sixers put that out 
on social media. Uh, and uh, you know what? Good for him. He's just he's living it up as he as he should be. It, it's odd to me that uh, the Sixers just put that stuff out there on on the old social media after a game where you're you're not having your big man for the, the second half of play. But hey, everyone's chill. I guess they just want to show off that everyone's cool. Everyone's not freaking out. Not, nobody's losing their minds over Joel Embiid's injury. Here's where I'm at right now. Sixers did the right thing. They got him rest. They seem to not be worried about it. Do you then give him the night off against the Warriors? Do you try to extend the break for Joel Embiid, who's in this MVP race? Because I honestly think, aside from how it just affects the Sixers and trying to close out the season strong and fight for your playoff seeding and all that, I would like to see Joel Embiid win the MVP. I think the only threat to him not winning the MVP this year is what everyone harps on Joel Embiid about, and that is the injury bug. If he starts missing games because of calf strain, mild or not, if it's if it's him missing games, then everyone else, and even though wants to call Joel Embiid lazy or fragile, oh, she can't make it through a whole season. Joel Embiid can't play a full year. Joel B misses too many games. He misses too much time. Whether it be him missing out on the Rookie of the Year award because he only played 28 games or him only playing 50-some games in chains three years ago and losing the MVP award to Joker. That, to me, is what people look at and go, ah, that's why Joel B can't be an MVP. He's not reliable. Whether it's lazy, whether it's eating himself out of shape, whether it's injuries, whether it's foul-baiting, whatever the hell that is because that's just kind of the NBA. Joel Embiid, that's the criticism he takes. The only thing, the biggest threat to Joel Embiid this year is not Nikola Jokic as an MVP finalist. The biggest threat to him winning an MVP award is health. And I don't think this cash, I think the Sixers are serious. I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're just trying to calm people down. I think they're genuine in saying they're not concerned about it. It's not that big a deal. They plan to have him play against the Warriors. I, I, buy, I buy all of it, but it does put back into your brain the idea of Joel Embiid breaking down as the season goes on. And my argument and my biggest support for Joel Embiid for this entire second half of the season, uh, since the All-Star break, I should say, for him winning the MVP award has been, no, you've never seen him get stronger as the year has gone on like he has this year. <sighs> A couple handfuls of games left in the season. I'd love to see him continue that because this is the best brand of basketball I've ever seen him play. It's an MVP caliber. Even, even in other years where you can argue for him to win the MVP, this is this is still better than that because he is 1,000% the focal point of this offense, as he damn well should be. And he's helping get a guy like uh, James Harden as the leading, leading uh, leader in assists in the NBA. You see this offense clicking you see Tyrese Maxey carving out you know his role again in this offense and hopefully as I stated earlier you get a better version of Tobias Harris as the season goes on because this team they're they're playing the best I have seen them play since Jimmy Butler was here in Philly that's this is the best version I have seen the Sixers play this is the best brand of basketball from them that I've seen since Jimmy Butler was here in Philly and I hope they're able to do what they haven't done since Allen Iverson was here, which is make it out of the second round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's funny. I know people like to compare the two teams, the Jimmy Butler Sixers, and, and now I guess you just call them 100% uh, Joel Embiid Sixers. But that Jimmy Butler team, and I, I think about it, pretty much how my thought process goes is I'll watch the game, and then I'll compare it 
to other games that season. I'll compare the individual performances to other individual performances from earlier in the season, what have you. But then I started thinking about, okay, how good can this team play together when everybody's healthy, everyone's out of the court, everyone's uh, you know ready to play. And still, that Jimmy Butler team that lost on the quadruple doink to Kawhi Leonard, I think, was the best team the Sixers had. I think this that I think that team still beats this team. Uh, but you have to have everybody on the court, and hopefully, you see this team go further than you saw that Jimmy Butler team go uh, four years ago. Now, is it good? God, man. So let's keep our fingers crossed for all that. Uh, let's move on. Like I said, Sixers, uh, Warriors. Oh, before I get into that. Go any further. Did you see the Warriors Mavs game last night by chance? Warriors ended up winning the game. But I want to say it was the third quarter, about two minutes left, minute 30 left, something like that in the third quarter. Really odd play that ended up having an, you know, an impact on the game because it was such a close game. Warriors Mavericks are playing. There is a missed three by the Warriors that ends up going out of bounds under the Warriors basket. I thought it went off the Mavericks and should have been the Warriors ball. I think I have this right. The referee signals originally Mavericks ball and then points to the Mavericks bench for a Mavericks timeout. Now, the Mavericks bench is down the other end, so it's on the opposite end of the court, which is important. So when the ref signaled for the timeout that the Mavericks called, The Mavericks thought he was pointing the other way, meaning it goes the other way, not stays here, but goes the other way. Now, as he's doing it, you see the ref say, no, like it looks like one of the Mavericks players say, wait, well, whose ball is it? And they go, and you see him pointing to the Warriors end, like yeah, it stays here. So they call a timeout, they go to the benches, they they draw the, the Warriors draw up a play like it's like it's their ball because it was. And the Warriors are standing under their basket. And they're looking around. There's no Mavericks players. They're all down the other end to play defense. So they essentially forget what end of the court they're supposed to be on because there was confusion with the Mavericks. Mavericks came out and said they eventually changed the call, but they never told us. That's what Mark Cuban put out there on social media. So the five Warriors players are under their own basket with nobody defending them. They inbound the ball, slam dunk, two points. The Warriors end up winning by two points. Now this play, this particular play happened in the third quarter. So there's a whole quarter of basketball to be played. But still, two-point game, Warriors end up winning it on that controversial play. I can't remember a time I've seen that utter confusion. Now, it's up to the the referee to make sure that he is clear. And you saw Jason Kidd arguing with the officials after after the play was called. Say, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you said it was supposed to be our ball. And they're like, no, 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 no. We pointed for you for the timeout, but it stays here. For the Warriors. So, uh, as you would expect, um, Steve Kerr, who is one of the best coaches at, at press conferences ever, um, he's almost as good at press conferences as he was three-point shooting in his in his day playing. But uh, he said, oh, yeah, I thought I drew up the greatest play I've ever drawn up. You know, I uh, really had him confused. But it was, I think, a huge miscommunication by the ref. Uh, yes, the Mavericks should have clarified, but so should the ref. There's a lot of blame to go around here. But ultimately speaking, I think the, the ref uh, didn't make it clear. And I think that's obvious to the Mavericks players that it was going to be the Warriors' ball. So the Warriors come in here off a win, off a victory. 
though controversial due to the play. And supposedly the Mavericks are going to protest the game. Don't see that too much in the NBA. You see that more in baseball. But uh, that's who the uh, Sixers are facing tomorrow night in San Francisco. So look forward to uh, that matchup. Very interesting play. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, all right. Football. Uh, I watched uh, 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 Justin Davis get introduced uh, to the Eagles yesterday. I watched Nick Morrow get introduced uh, for the Eagles yesterday. This is the buzzword, and I'm gonna I'll spare you the clips because it's all the same. Culture, culture. If you've ever taken a new job, like I remember being in college. And I went and I got a job at an athletic club as a, a salesman, right? I was selling memberships, all right? Spring Mill Athletic Club in Ivyland, Pennsylvania. I don't know if it's still around, but uh, basically Warminster, all right? So anyway, I just remember walking around for the job interview, and I was like, this is a cool place to be. Like, this is a fun place to be. That was like my first, like, full-blown job interview like i remember being a swim teacher and i was that was my first paycheck job i remember that interview and i'm like i knew everyone there they're all my friends so nothing was shocking to me but imagine being an nfl football player if you've ever been on a job interview and you look around be like wow this place is this place is awesome like i i don't know what it is but there's a great vibe here the word culture can get thrown around a lot as a disingenuous buzzword that people just like throwing out Watching these press conferences yesterday with these guys, they're giddy to play in Philadelphia. Now, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but we don't have a great reputation as a city, as a fan base. But, man, when we're on your side, people tend to love us, whether that's a player or whether that's a player looking at a, at a culture in a locker room specifically. Um, but what has been created here in Philadelphia is now a selling point. It's now a, not just a buzzword, it's the headline for a lot of free agents and a lot of players to want to play in Philadelphia. Now, ultimately, if you're Javon Hargrave, for instance, oh, money's going to talk. Money's a nice culture, too. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But when you're a guy that's trying to prove his worth at the NFL level, like uh, Nick Morrow saying that he's a guy that can come in here and be a starter. He can play in any position. He he looks forward to being as versatile as he can be for this Eagles defense, which is all things he highlighted yesterday. Or you're a guy like Justin Evans, who is really trying to prove his worth at the NFL level, considering he's been out of the league for three years thanks to injury. Philadelphia is a place where you feel like you can get a good jumping off point. And if you're a safety in particular, or you're a linebacker uh, like Morrow, for instance, this is a place where you, as of right now, have a pretty blank slate. To go out, like, who are you going to beat out right now on this team? As the season starts tomorrow, you have uh, Justin Evans competing with Kayvon Wallace, all right, to be the other starting safety next to Reed Blankenship. All right. I like Kayvon Wallace, but it's not exactly, he doesn't, he's not miles ahead of Justin Evans in terms of being the starting safety on this team. You look at uh, Nicobe Dean, you look at uh, Morrow, for instance, 
And these are guys that are most likely going to be playing on the field at the same time, inside and outside, both guys. One is a Will, one is a Sam, one is a Middle. Switch them all up. And then you still got other acquisitions to, to be made. There's there's not a lot of competition right there on this team for starters, for snaps, I'll say. I almost called them minutes. But snaps, there's not a lot of people to compete with. So you have that opportunity here. Both those guys have that opportunity here. Rashad Penny is going to be competing with Kenny Gainwell and himself to stay away from injury, to get more snaps and more carries on this offense. So you have a pretty open open book here, a pretty blank slate when it comes to everything going on uh, with the Eagles roster. But that word culture, if you're going to be in here competing at all or just trying to stay on the field and prove your worth at the NFL level, you want to do it in some place you can feel comfortable, not just with your job, but also with what's around you. And the Eagles, what they've created with guys like Jason Kelsey, guys like Brandon Graham, the people that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have brought in here, I think it deserves a hell of a lot of praise and a hell of a lot of focus for you know Eagles fans and, and some detractors, I'll say, that said this could never be done. And I, I, go, I went back to this yesterday. If you guys remember Colin Thompson, uh, he went to Archbishop Wood High School, I uh, went to Temple University, was a tight end with the with the Panthers. Now he's a free agent. He's been on the show. Great guy. I I was on his Not For Long podcast uh, yesterday, and that word culture came up. That buzzword culture came up. And we started talking about the Chip Kelly era here in Philadelphia and how at the end of it, the culture was shot to hell. And then the Eagles with Doug Peterson and now the Eagles with Nick Sirianni have completely revamped that culture. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have completely revamped that culture. There was awful talk at the end of that Chip Kelly era, that final season, about what was going on behind the doors of the Novacare complex, within the walls of the Novacare complex, whether it was banishing Howie Roseman to the janitor's closet as the joke went, or it was Chip Kelly not saying a hello to players or other assistant coaches in the hallway at the Novacare complex. Like you might that might sound like it's nothing, but I've I've worked in a place where the boss man like wasn't known for being friendly, and if he walked by you and you didn't say hello, like what the hell? You couldn't can't even say hi. That did not make the culture feel great at a particular workplace. So imagine what like what it's like at the NFL, where you're fighting for your career every single second. You're not just competing with guys in the opposing locker room. You're competing with guys that are in the next locker to you. You're competing with those guys for your livelihood. And then you have a coach who won't give you the time of day for a hello. That's a pretty crappy culture. For everything Chip Kelly said and supposedly stood for, the culture apparently was shot to hell uh, in Philly with Chip Kelly. And then two years later, you're in a Super Bowl. Uh, Another five years later, you're in another Super Bowl. The culture feels completely different. You give, and let's not forget about the culture shock that was the deterioration of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz comes out his rookie year's plan. Everyone's talking about 10 year veteran, great leader. Everyone's talking about what a hard worker he is. And then people make light of it, but Nick Foles takes over and you still win a Super Bowl. And that was the, the needle in the balloon that let all the air out slowly over the course of two years. And you thought you were going to have this great leader for years to come, for a generation, 
with Carson Wentz. Oh my God, this guy, another 15 years of the Carson Wentz era in Philadelphia. This is going to be amazing. And there were reports, there were stories coming out about how Carson Wentz, even before Joe Santaliquito's story came out in Philly Voice, I remember people telling me about, like, I don't know about this Carson Wentz guy. Like, they weren't throwing him under the bus completely. They were just saying, there's a screw loose or two. Like, something's weird here. And that was a huge culture shock in the locker room where the, the shrine to Nick Foles really got under his skin. The team doing so well without him really got under his skin. Team did start falling apart around him as well and didn't play well, didn't play up to stuff. Got bounced out of the first round of the playoffs when he finally made the playoffs as the Eagles starting quarterback. And he he leaves in the second quarter with a head injury. And I don't fault him for that. I don't fault him for that. But that's just what happened. Think about the culture you had to bounce back from with Chip Kelly. Think about the culture you had to bounce back from with Carson Wentz. And now we're in the hands of Jalen Hurts. Like, ultimately, people could throw out the word buzzwords and it could be disingenuous. I think it's very genuine here in Philadelphia. And then the other saving grace of it all is that Jalen Hurts is a quarterback that guys want to rally around. Because this guy's not taking snaps off. This guy's not, you know, taking off seasons off. This guy's working on his craft. And as we talked about yesterday, Brandon Lee Gowton took this huge leap forward into the MVP conversation the following year. That's a guy that players want to play with. That's a guy players want to play behind. That's a guy players want to play in front of on the offensive line. That's why the Philadelphia Eagles have become a destination. You can look at the fact that they know how to spend their money. You can look at the fact that they know how to win. And you can look at the fact that veterans on this team, even the younger guys on this team like Jalen Hurts, they at least know know how to lead. And a lot of them know how to listen. They can fall in line behind Jason Kelsey, behind Brandon Graham, behind Fletcher Cox, now behind Hassan Reddick. He's only here one year, but how incredible has he played? Josh Sweat, we've watched the maturation process of him here in Philadelphia. It's a great thing. And now you have other guys like Nicobe Dean. One of the things that really amazes me about Nicobe Dean, and I, I played it for you after uh, Kazir White left Philly and after uh, TJ Edwards left Philly, Nicobe Dean is a thousand percent comfortable in a leadership role. But the thing he always stresses, whether it's in special teams taking on a leadership role as a rookie, or it's a guy that's going to get an opportunity to be a starting middle linebacker on this defense, he wants to go out there and he wants that responsibility, but he's careful with it. Because he knows that a leader can't stand up in front of the room and be like, I'm the leader. No, other people have to put you in front of that room. It's not about you just walking up there and be like, all right, lead, I'm leading. It's about other guys looking to you to be a leader. And I think that is something that you just obviously bored with. But then when it comes to everyone in a room that has been a leader at some point in their football career, high school, college, the pro level, even veterans that have to take more of a step back to guys that are really starting to come more to the forefront with their talent. This Eagles locker room just knows how to distribute that leadership role. And they have guys that also know how to listen and guys that know how to listen to other guys to get themselves motivated. Guys who might not lead with words, but lead by example. And they follow a guy like that because Jalen Hurts can do both. He can lead by example, and he can lead with his words. Brandon Graham, he can lead by example, but he loves leading with his mouth, <laughs> as we all know. Uh, Jason Kelsey can do the same thing. I, I, I find this word culture to oftentimes be just something that sounds nice. But when everybody uses that word that comes into Philadelphia and the people that have been here for a long time use that word and, and talk about it and talk about this locker room with such glowing – uh, 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 reviews, 
I, I think that just show, that shows you you have something special here. And if you don't have the best roster in the NFL, if you're looking at the Eagles roster from a year ago or you're looking at their Super Bowl roster from five years ago when they won the Super Bowl, you can look at that roster and say that was the deepest roster the, the Eagles have ever had. You can look at this roster and say this is the deepest starting 22 the Eagles have ever had. This is incredible. When you don't have that, which is hard to have, even with Howie Roseman and the great run the Eagles have, have had, when you don't have that, how is the locker room going to respond? How is the team going to respond to adversity? And that's where culture really starts to matter. Because if you have a good, strong culture, and this is the most important thing, you have guys that can rally around each other and won't quit. A lot of times it's easy, especially towards the end of the year, where you don't really see yourselves in a playoff picture, and you look at the mirror and go, ah, all right, let's just ride this out see how we do. A locker room with great culture like the Eagles will find a way to rally around each other and make sure that they're playing to the last snap. And that that's why it's important. And that's why I think guys like Morrow, I think that's why guys like Evans, and I think that's why guys like Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, and Fletcher Cox want to stay here in Philadelphia because of that culture in the locker room. It's not just a matter of missing you know, the, the game, missing the locker room when you're not playing anymore. It's a matter of what you can still do with a strong culture in that locker room. When I hear guys use it the way they're using it to come here to Philadelphia, that's what I think is a beautiful thing. And that's what I think makes this team so damn special. Uh, so I loved hearing it yesterday. Loved hearing it yesterday from the new guys. From the new guys. Uh, let me tell you about Steven Singer. You want to talk about culture? huh? Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price, the perfect price. Make you feel like family at the other corner of 8th and Walnut, right there on Jewelers Row. For over 40 years, Steven's been in the love business in Philadelphia, uh, helping people get engaged and fall in love. Go online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Get fast and free shipping at IHateStevenSinger.com. Uh, one place, one price. Uh, it's amazing. A beautiful piece of diamond jewelry. And that, what's the perfect price? People always say, I'll tell you what the perfect price is. Perfect price is something you don't have to haggle, negotiate. You can just sit down, relax, feel comfortable, feel welcomed at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Let me tell you about the great people of Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code FARZY at Manscaped.com. You'll enjoy their Platinum Package 4.0. That includes their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer and their Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. And yes, they both come with skin-safe technology that helps reduce the risk of nicks so you can manscape with confidence and comfort. So go to manscaped.com. Join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and their skin-safe technology. How about Freestone Farm CBD? FreestoneFarmCBD.com. You'll love. You'll love Freestone Farm CBD. If you like CBD. You don't want to switch up CBD? You want to try a new CBD or just want to try CBD? Freestone Farm CBD. You'll love their tropical-tasting Bayox that clocks in at a chart-topping 24.1%. And Super CBD, which is half Hindu. Kush. And 21%. Genetics of these guys are off the charts. So let's try Freestone Farm CBD. They grow all the premium hemp flower in the Garden State. Oh, so you know it's that good, good. Yeah, that's right. I said that. Uh, so try Free So Far CBD. Free So Far CBD.com. Uh, how about the amazing people at PHL Sports Station, Philadelphia Sports Station, enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience across all social media and blogs? That's uh, PHLSportsStation.com. They actually threw out something yesterday that I meant to get into today. Now that I mentioned them, I want to make sure that I got this. Yeah, okay, here it is. 
So they anticipated the Kelly Green uniform going with the timeline of the Falcons and the Bengals and other teams who have unveiled the new helmet uniforms for last season. Eagles will likely unveil Kelly Green helmets and uniforms in June or July. What? So then they tweeted out the question. Uh, with the Eagles Frankfurt yellow jackets uniforms that they wore in 2007-2008 which were like the biggest disappointment <laughs> uh ever they uh they had an incredible game if I'm not mistaken uh Kevin Curtis had like 200 yards receiving in that particular game Kevin Cobb came in and looked terrible but anyway um they destroyed the Detroit Lions in that in that particular game, and they were asking Eagles fans, should they bring these back? A.J. Brown quote tweeted it and said, yeah, these would be tough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's not exactly on board uh, with the uh, Frankfurt Yellow Jackets jersey. But going back to the Kelly Green jerseys there, I am amazed that it still took this long, especially after they used them for the 75th anniversary. Um. In 2010, when the Eagles uh, donned those jerseys, that was the, again, Kevin Cobb gets hurt and Michael Vick comes in to that game against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but the Eagles were the Kelly Green that day, and I remember players raving about it. I remember Deshaun Jackson raving about it. I remember Stuart Bradley, former Eagles linebacker, raving about it. Um. Yeah, so uh, maybe June or July we get the official notice that the Eagles are going to rock the Kelly Green, so to speak. Let's get to the chat check. See how you beautiful people are doing on this fine, fine Thursday morning. Fuji, what's going on? Nice to see you. Happy Thursday. Morning, everyone. Sean, April. Nice to see you. PJ saying hello to everybody. Professor Dodge. April says, PJ, single digits till opening day. What do we got, seven days now? Seven days till opening day? Holy pots and pans. And then the day off, worst day in sports. And then the <clears throat> Phillies play five more games on the road after that break, the day off. And then they're back at home for their home opener. Or then they're, they're at home for their, their home opener. Uh, Professor Dutch, good morning. I always listen. Oh, thank you very much, Professor Dutch. Professor, I always listen on my phone. And every time you say for the people on the podcast, I stop what I'm doing, turn my head towards the phone. <laughs> like it's going to be important. Do I have it? Is this it? Joe's calf. I did it again. For the people on the podcast, here's the Joel Embiid hobbling off the court. For the people on the podcast, here's the Sixers po uh, box score from last night. There you go. Uh, always listen on the phone, but thank you, Professor Dutch. Great to see you in here. Uh, Sean Gillespie, Robert Parrish knees. Just brutal. <laughs> For the people on the podcast, here's Tyrese Maxey. That is Robert Parrish knees. I mean, come on. It all, I mean, I could have gone Dutch Dalton knees because Dutch would always have his knees wrapped up, but this is basketball, so I can't go there. The, fr the first person I think of when I think of knees like that is Robert Parrish. That's who I think of. Or, um, oh, damn. I'm blanking on his name. Ah, former Piston. Oh, damn it. Sally? He was in the movie Eddie <laughs> with Whoopi Goldberg. And I think they had his knees wrapped up like that as well. Now, that's a pull 
ladies and gentlemen. I bet when you got up this morning, all right, you didn't expect to hear an Eddie reference starring Whoopi Goldberg from Moi. But you never know. You never know. Uh, How are you going to protest the game when you had a quarter to fix it? April, that's a wonderful question. I don't know. What the? Mata Lutz. How did you escape? How did you get? This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time in a couple of weeks, okay? She made it past the obstacle course I put outside her door. She must have swung like Indiana Jones. That's another reference. Uh, on a vine and a whip to get off, uh, for, or get away from her room. And here she is. Hi, sweetheart. Can you say hi? Can you say hi louder? You're not shy. Hi. All right. What, what, what are you doing up? Was Ursula in your room again? What? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, dang far. Oh, wait. You're going to start a GoFundMe page? Wait, how are you? Okay, fine. Um, what, sweetheart? All the markers are still on the floor because that's where you put them the last time you were down here. And... I almost tripped over one of them yesterday. Not that I'm complaining. Anyway. Um, but April, no, I don't know. I don't know how you protest the game, but they're going to find a way. Uh, what am I missing here? Oh, there it is. T-Bro. Dang, Farzee. Spring Mill. You just got... <laughs> you just got an in to play the golf course? No, I did not get an in to play the golf course. And why the peak? Why the peacock emoji? It has nothing to do with my amazingly dead-on accurate peacock impression. But, um, yeah, I, I worked there for a year and a half. Yeah, I was a sales assistant and then, like, sales assistant manager for a summer. That was a fun gig. Uh, B.I. Sanchez, what's up? Uh, good morning to you as well. Used to defend Wentz, says Sean Gillespie, online constantly against the uh, same idiots. I swear, I think Doug Peterson had many burner accounts among the Wentz haters. Ooh, that's funny. One of those is no. Keep your no. Keep your PJs on. Kids these days. Um, what, sweetheart? Okay, sweetheart. All right, just watch the wire. Okay. Whoa. All right, say hi, everybody. Hi. Go ahead, say hi. Hi. There we go. Hey, just out of curiosity, where's mommy? Mommy, dad. Oh, with Leo? No, no, no. No, where is she? Take the west. What? Take the west. Oh, she's getting dressed. Oh, okay. Um, wait, mommy's the, no. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, April, you have the B doc, uh, yellow jackets jersey, the most popular model. Uh, I need to talk into that. Hello. <laughs> um, I have a Doc Yellow Jackets jersey. The most popular one I've seen, Dawkins and Westbrook, are, I think are the two most popular ones I've seen. Um, looking back on them, I think they're actually pretty cool. But when they came out, everyone just wanted to see Kelly Green. Uh, but that is cool that you still have that, April. T-Bro, I thought I was the only other person here who says Kush out loud every morning. <laughs> Um, you're not alone. It's also how I keep track of time. <laughs> Still waiting with the drop board, Farzi. I know, T-Bro. PJ, I need you to send me the, the suggested drop boards. We had talked about that before. What? Not a loose. Um, 
There were no Dalton slander on this fine spring day. I am not. There's no slander. I mean, he John Sally. Thank you, PJ. John Sally. That's the name I'm looking at. Uh, oh, snap. Lil Toots, that ninja. Lil MacGyver strikes again. Here she is. Fighting her arch enemy, Ursula. <laughs> Sean, that's great. She is entertaining. She'll be taking over soon. Yeah. Maybe when I don't do the show, like when I'm not on at 6 exactly, I'll just have her start at 6 because she's waking up at like 5.30 now. Are you getting now, sweetheart? What are you doing, Daddy? What am I doing? Nothing. Not doing nothing. I'm nothing. I'm not doing anything. Hey, when I come upstairs, you want to help me make Mommy her Americano? Well, you just love doing it. And all of a sudden, you know, you know it's funny. Kids love doing something one minute. What, sweetheart? Emmanuel, is Joel Embiid going to be okay? Yeah. Hey, I didn't tell you guys this story. This is a true story. I don't, believe it or not, I don't, like, force her to watch the Eagles. What do you mean? You're falling. I'm making sure you don't fall. That's your leg stuck on the there you go oh um all right did you already have an espresso um but uh i before i went to host the maxwell's i was telling her daddy's gotta go away and he's he's gotta do something important do you know what that do you know what the word important means and and she goes "Uh uh-huh and do you remember what you said sweetheart she goes i said you know what the word important means she goes yeah i go what does it mean she goes go eagles I swear, I swear that's how it happened. Uh, there you go. Uh, thanks for everybody in the chat. You guys are great as per usual. Much appreciated. Morning Rush brought to you by Sky Motorcars, skymotorcars.com. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Celtics are in action tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night against the Pacers. Uh, 7 o'clock tip-off. So if they lose that game and the Sixers <clears throat> win against the Warriors tomorrow night, was that an impression of me? Uh, me. Oh, that was an impression of you. Can you say something in Spanish for everybody? Uh, go to a Spanish school and you can't speak uh, Spanish. Uh, oh, there you go. Oh, muchos gracias. There you go. Muy bien. She does go to a Spanish school. And I think I told you guys whenever I speak, try to speak Spanish to her, which I don't speak fluent at all. I, I don't. I don't, I don't speak Spanish. I just know a couple things. She looks at me like, I'm not working right now, Dad. Uh, so Sixers are back at it tomorrow night. Flyers are back at it uh, tonight. I want to double check that. After their off night last night. Uh, yeah, they got the wild tonight. So that game is a 6.30 puck drop. So go figure. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is the Farzee Show presented by Stephen Singer of Stephen Singer Jewelers. One place, one price, perfect price online at iatstephensinger.com. That's iatstephensinger.com. Uh, PJ Produce Program did a wonderful job. This is a Buzz Sports Entertainment production. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Uh, Emmanuel, can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Can you say adios? Adios. <laughs> See you guys. Have a good one. Thank you.